Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. Now let's join Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding. Hello, friends. Let's have a Soul Talk. We are so blessed to have you in community with us, and we are continuing our series on Resoul. Preventing burnout. 91% of pastors at some point in their service have experienced burnout. And it's similar for other Christian leaders and servants. So this is an important topic. How do we prevent this? How do we stay fresh? Uh, Because in whatever role you serve Jesus and help people, you are vulnerable to overwork and lose your fervor to love God and people. It's not enough to be earnest for God. That's often the problem. Instead, what we're talking about in Resoul is how to thrive with Jesus in our life and our leadership. So important. So glad you've tuned in with this. We talked in our first podcast in this series about preventing the five hidden causes of minister burnout. So if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen. We talk about a sanctification cap and compassion fatigue, some other things that cause burnout that might surprise you. And then the second podcast in the series, we talked about how to love and lead with Jesus, and that's dealing with the hidden cause of burnout, this uh, distance from God. And by the way, we're, we're theming this on hidden causes of burnout because typically we think, oh, burnout is from overworking. And of course, that's part of the picture, but that's not really the main problem. And then in our third one in this Resoul series, we talked about the problem of internalizing stress and how instead to learn to be a non-anxious presence with Jesus for others. And then today, we are talking about overcoming the hidden cause of burnout that we call self-negation. Negating, invalidating, not considering, or just minimizing our emotions. So the title of this talk is Four Ways That Emotions Help You Excel. You like that topic, I do like that topic. (laughs) You know, one of the things we teach in our institute is this triangle, think, feel, do triangle. Uh And we integrate the importance of those in a whole and healthy soul. Because, unfortunately, we tend to get fragmented in our soul and our malformations that we get growing up. We talk a lot about spiritual formation, but we all have a spiritual malformation that we start with. And so we need to look at that. And many of us are malformed in the way of feel, do, feel, do, feel, do. And we don't consider stopping and thinking and feeling before we do. And others of us are more think, do, think, do, think, do, and don't tune in to emotions. And when we separate that out and we are repressed in an area or not paying attention to an area, we're really not functioning in our full God-given intelligence. He's made us, our intelligence includes our thinking and our feeling. And so I just love the attention that emotional intelligence is getting these days. I kind of feel like, finally. <laughs> and yet it, it doesn't, it's not all or nothing. It's not one extreme or the other. Um, often in our Christian life, though, sometimes we have exalted thoughts over feelings, and we're we're correcting that now. And we had a pastor at our institute. He's uh, just a minute here. I got to tell everybody that Charlie has jumped <laughs> on my lap. Yep, he is. <laughs> he's got his seat for soul talks, and he, he he's realized that I've got some warmth and cuddliness for him, and that 
I pay attention to feelings too. Yeah, <laughs> look at that. He's feeling safe with you. He's coming to you for comfort. That's He's awesome. Purring. That's great. I know how it feels to receive Bill's comfort, and it's good. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> well, and here's a pastor who, great pastor, great thinker, great ministry, making a big difference in a large multi-ethnic church ministering to even poor and homeless so he has he has some compassion there and wanting to reach out and yet he wasn't paying attention to emotion and valuing that and he writes us dear bill and christy thank you for leading us at the institute this week it shifted my paradigm and opened my eyes to the work of that god wants to do in my life here's the major thing i'm taking away emotions whether they are positive or negative need to be acknowledged and voiced I had this belief that emotions were unreliable and should not lead me in any way. This has led me to not naming or acknowledging my emotions in my life and covering them and repressing them. In this, I see now that I have unknowingly participated in helping my kids and wife repress their emotions. I've not given them empathy and compassion. I realized that knowing my emotions, even those that are embedded deep within me, is critical to knowing myself now and even my source of sin in life. This mistake has contributed to issues with anger, to the way I've responded to other people's emotions and issues with solutions rather than empathy. It's contributing to me having issues with my staff and not confronting them because of emotions they cause me. They've contributed to my daughter's anxiety, not giving her a safe place to be herself or express her identity. They may have contributed to my wife feeling alone as I was not able to embrace her emotions with empathy. As you can see, this is a huge discovery for me. Yeah, I'm so proud of him, the work that he did in really opening his heart is in those institute sessions and the small group times and the solitude and silence times and the Lord was just surfacing his emotions as he was reflecting on how he'd been leading his church and his family and made a huge difference for him based on the... Uh, subsequent conversations that I had with him, huge difference for him in his family, uh, his marriage, and his church, uh, how he's working with his staff, how he's working with his people, and because he was tapping into his his emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, by being aware of his feelings, it helped him be more tuned into other people's feelings and be more effective uh, in his preaching and in his relating and uh, super helpful, uh, o- opening up a lot of areas, a lot of conversations with his kids and with his wife. It's been good. He said, I didn't trust my emotions previous to coming to the Soul Shepherding Institute. And so that's a part of self-negating. When we're trying to repress or shut down our emotions and not trust them, we often do that by self-negating. And it, it shuts down a whole intelligence center God's given us. And we never realize it, and this pastor's a great example of this because, as you said, a very tender-hearted, uh, compassionate, caring pastor. I mean, all pastors are, right? But is especially is, and ministering to the poor and the homeless and others like this, a real heart for the hurting, but not realizing that where he had so much compassionate ministry, his empathy wasn't as robust as it could be. And that was because of the ways that he was minimizing and invalidating his own emotions. It was blocking him from a certain depth of understanding and connection with other people. Yeah, and the reality is if we're neglecting other people's emotions, like he was kind of confessing there and we're not being empathetic to them, it's often because we haven't received empathy Mm -hmm. because we have 
negated our own emotions and cut those off and not received empathy. Now, that was a huge thing that he did in our institute because, you know, he's, he's there and it's, it's not just classes. We're doing small group times. We're doing times of, of quiet reflection. And then he's having private conversations with people in the community and, and with me. And so it was, the Lord was really opening him up to his emotions and his experiences. And uh, that was just birthing a whole new uh, track for intimacy with God for him. And, and the realization that, wow, all this compassionate service I'm doing, all this passionate preaching, and it's, uh, God's using it. But when I bring empathy into this, it creates a, just a much greater engagement, a much greater imminent sense of God's presence with us in the moment, and people feel way more deeply cared for. And so that, that training around empathy was just uh, so eye-opening and heart-expanding for him that he, you know, he thought he, he could, because people confuse empathy and compassion, and he thought that all this compassionate service that that and he was tireless in that and you you can be uh compassionate as a, a hurried uh, overworking charging leader i mean eventually you'll probably hit compassion fatigue eventually you'll probably hit burnout which is what we're talking about in the series but you can't do empathy in a hurry it's, to do empathy you've got to really slow down ask questions really tune in feel help other people to feel and there's a, a deepening relational connection with empathy that then informs compassion. That's right. But we can't give it if we haven't received it. And we we had a pastor's wife that was with us at the Institute this last week and um, her husband and her pastored a a mega church in the middle of America. And she says to us, I'm changed and changing as a result of being here. I have experienced God's tender touch on my life and his love this week. And she says, your sharing has inspired me to be with Jesus and be loved by him first, and then let his love guide and direct my daily service to him. And she's really been receiving a lot of empathy now. And she realized that before that her, she was, her service was focused as a grief counselor and listening skills and not really giving that full empathy because she hadn't received it fully. And that's another differentiation that's really important as it relates to tapping into the power of emotion in our leadership, in our ministry, is that we can, uh, empathy and listening are related, but not necessarily the same. You, you can listen and be sort of listening for facts or answers to questions or w- with a, a mindset towards taking somebody down a path of reaching certain goals or getting certain insights and it's not that that's not helpful, but empathy slows it all down and tunes it into the emotions that are maybe under the surface of what somebody is saying. And so it really fosters a deeper sense of being cared for when you receive empathy. And it, it fosters tremendous insights because the best insights that uh, you who are listening, the best insights that you can get are going to come when someone is really listening to you with a tender heart and with the curiosity and with warmth, all these qualities of, of empathy, and then you hear yourself say things, and you're drawing on the energy of being listened to with empathy, and it, it turns light bulbs on for you. Yeah, and, and 
you know, somebody might be listening and think, wow, that institute must just be really touchy-feely, you know, <laughs> every talking about their emotions. But, you know, we do some deep study and some deep thinking, and we do a lot of experience, too. And because it's this wholeness issue of integration, and we are self-negating if we are doing just one or if we're focusing only on one. But, you know, Bill, even though I know this stuff that we're talking about, I still can be guilty of self-negating and shutting down and repressing my emotions. So, you know, people that are listening to us might be thinking, you know, is this biblical? And I can start to fall into some biblical blunders and think about, you know, well, I'm supposed to be denying myself. And I think that my self-negating is this holy thing that I'm doing of denying myself. It can get confusing. Yeah, and so we teach about self-denial is that in order to deny yourself, you need to have a self. You need to be aware of yourself. You need to be able to articulate what you feel, what you desire, what you hope for, what you need, what you're struggling with. And as we are able to articulate these things and have a sense of being cared for and understood by God, by somebody else, and and there's a sense of value we have about ourselves. now from that place, now we can set ourselves aside in order to serve somebody else or make a sacrifice. And so that's, that's healthy biblical self-denial. So, Bill, we've been talking about the problem with self-negation. And so how do, how do we overcome that and ways that we can use our emotions to excel in our leadership? Well, so let's talk about the example of Carson. This is not his real name, but one of the leaders in our Soul Shepherding Institute. And uh, he's an example of a lot of the people that connect with Soul Shepherding are ex-pastors. They've, they've served as pastors, and now, now they're in the nonprofit sector or the business world, and they're a tremendous asset to the kingdom of God and, and to the church with all of their training and experience and gifts to care for people and to uh, minister God's presence to us. And so he came to us, and he was at the wall. Uh, this is part of what we're talking about in our upcoming book on the stages of grace that we've mentioned to you. And we teach this in the second week of our Soul Shepherding Institute on spiritual and psychological growth, that we, we come to a point in our journey uh, after s- some years of growing in, in Christ and usually serving in the church or in other capacities where we, we overdo and either we, we burn out or we run into some suffering or some faith challenges and we hit a wall where we're just not feeling close to God and we're not feeling energized. And it's not just uh, a few days or weeks, but it, it goes on longer and it's, it's a spiritually dry season. And this is where Carson found himself. And what he learned from us was that even though the wall was... Uh, painful, difficult, empty, dry, uh, disorienting, and so forth. That, And so it obviously doesn't feel good, but actually it is good. It's a good place to be. It's, it's, it's a transition. It's a season of the soul. And so he learned to accept that rather than fight it or deny it uh, or try to push through it. Uh, none of those things work. Uh, instead, he realized that he could be confident of God's presence and process, even though he wasn't feeling it, but that this was part of his journey and that uh, he could relax and accept Jesus' yoke of training in this season of learning to love God and rest in God and try some different spiritual disciplines instead of the same old ones that used to work, but that he needed some different kinds that were more 
uh, opening to his, his self and his experience and his questions and his emotions and learning to rest in God's presence and this kind of thing. And so he's overcoming the problem of self-negation that creates burnout and a hidden cause of burnout. And instead, he is moving into this realm of soul care, which is the first thing that we can do to, first way that we can prevent self-negation leading to burnout. And then the second way involves self-awareness. And he had to be aware there of what he was feeling and hitting the wall kind of woke him to that. But if we're, if we're not aware, you know, God sometimes will let us hit a wall so that we can become aware and he can reveal what he wants to heal in us. And so he can reveal what he wants to heal. So he's taking us, the Lord's taking us deeper. That's right. Get, growing our own self-awareness of what we feel opens us to be able to receive more of his healing there in the area that some of that emotion is really laden around or even repressed around because it's been painful and we're trying to avoid or distract from it. And that's why we end up in burnout is because we can't continue. We can't function authentically and healthily if we're trying to deny our emotions. And so what we teach in our upcoming book is that the wall, if we accept it as a as a season, as uh, the, the Holy Spirit is working in our life in the season, it opens us to the inner journey, to experiencing our emotions and to coming into a, a new longing for God and ultimately a spiritual renewal. But we, we've got to slow down. We've got to uh, ask the questions. We've got to express the feelings that are uncomfortable, disorienting, even questioning our, our faith and uh, things that we don't want to maybe admit to. And we need someone to journey with us. We do. And that's one of the reasons why we do, we practice solitude and silence in community together at the Institute is because when we practice the discipline of solitude and silence for long periods of time, we start to get aware of what we feel. Those emotions start to come up. Yeah. Yeah. So we were helping Carson uh, with soul care, with getting rest and with paying attention to his his inner world and his relationship with God, the longings of his soul, uh, paying attention to those um, uh, red red flares, red warnings, and then uh, self-awareness, you're saying. So needing empathy, as we've been talking about throughout this podcast, to become more aware of our inner self, our feelings, our, our longings, and bring that into relationship where we feel cared for and accepted. Then the third thing that we can do that really taps into the power of emotions for our life and our leadership is hearing God. And uh, these, each, each of these things, soul care, self-awareness, and now hearing God, they go together. And often people don't realize that uh, to hear God's voice, it's super helpful if we can hear our own voice and our own emotional voice. Because one of the ways that God speaks to us is through our feelings through our emotions, through our desires. Of course, it's not the only way, but if you're blocked or plugged up in that area or just fried and exhausted, it's, it's going to be really hard to hear what God's saying because the, the channel that God speaks to us is through through our mind, through our hearts, it's through our thoughts, through our feelings. Through my own self-awareness of my emotions, it actually helps me to pray emotionally honest prayers like the Psalms, and then that opens me to listen and to hear God's response to me, and that really helps me. Another thing that helps me with that is our Lexio guides or our Ignatian guides, because there's a part of that where I'm 
getting in touch with what I feel in response to the scripture that I'm reading and listening to the Lord in. And then I'm telling him how I feel and what I think. And then I'm listening to his response and I'm journaling the best I can tell his response of what he's saying to me through that scripture passage that I'm continuing to direct my mind on. Right. So the Lord is, is uh, speaking from the scripture to us, but it's a, being applied to our lives in Lecture Divine and Ignatian Meditation. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're walking through step by step in those guides. And so this is what Carson is doing in the Institute, and he's needing to hear God's voice. And so he does, and he hears God's voice that that uh, the Lord wants to lead him into a seat, his wife into a season of sabbatical. And so he... Uh, as a former pastor, he, he built up a, a business that was very successful and really enjoyed it and had ministry aspects to it. And so Lord led them to, to sell that business and to begin a season of sabbatical. And then they're, they're probably going to be starting a, a, a nonprofit ministry, but they, they want to have that, that time uh, as, as a couple and as a family to, to get re, re-rooted and really live into the rhythms of life that we've been practicing in the Soul Shepherding Institute so that he can then, in, uh, so they together can invite other people into that with them in their ministry that they're, they're hoping to start. And so hearing God's voice came through the caring for his soul, it comes through paying attention to emotions, because when God speaks, it's a thought or it's a feeling, and so you've got to say, oh, that's, that's, that's the Lord. But if you're plugged up on your feeling thoughts, then it's hard to hear. Yeah, so as he's gotten aware of his emotions and considered all this, he's gotten an energy and an activation that's come from his emotions, in part, uh, to do something about this, to take this sabbatical, to sell his business, to venture on the Lord into this vision God's giving him. I'm thinking of this even uh, in the movie Mully, which we watched recently, and how in the scene where his his emotions kind of overtake him and he it's it's a defining moment in his life and out of those emotions of having a, a trauma trigger from his own abandonment and seeing some street kids that actually steal his car uh, it, it reawakens him to the emotions of how it felt for him to be a street kid like that and then it energizes him and activates him in empathy to start a ministry to street kids and he sells his businesses and he starts rescuing kids off of the street and he gets the energy and the activation from that from paying attention to his emotions yeah that's on amazon prime Molly is the movie and it's a powerful illustration of how he, he awakens to emotions that he had been really burying in years of workaholism and, and doing doing great work but by pulling over to the side of the road when he was just driving in a state of some distress and trying to f- get in touch with what he was feeling. And, and finally, he pulled over to the side of the road and he's, he's crying. He's, he's opening to these memories from the past, like you're saying, and that then released him to have a connection to God and, and to the purpose of his life and to hear God's voice and, and to make a significant turn, just like we're describing Carson's making in his life. And that's, that's really one of the opportunities that happens at, at, at the wall or a, a time of crisis. And, and we all have, have these maybe a few times in our life. And it's a, uh, there's the potential for really awakening to the presence of God and the call of God in our life and a, a, new, a new energy. When we're negating our feelings, we're, 
we're losing energy because there, mm -hmm. there, it takes a lot of energy to deny emotion yes. and desire and longing and needs and to be constantly pushing that down with unconscious defense mechanisms. We don't even realize we're doing it. But when we, when we, when we do open, open up, usually it's through somebody giving us empathy or it's, it's through God intervening in our life in a way that we experience the Lord's touch and we, we open up to those inner, inner feelings, it releases our emotions, which are emotions. That's right. I've come to find out that when I'm feeling tired, I'm probably repressing emotions, and oftentimes I'll recognize that, oh, okay, I need to find out what I'm feeling, and sometimes I'll come to you and I'll ask if you can listen to me because I process out loud. It helps me get in touch with what I'm feeling to, to, talk, to talk to you or somebody else about that. And then being aware of those emotions helps put you into motion in a more effective and thriving way. Yes, yeah. So emotions are a great gift in whatever, whatever you're doing to serve God in, in your church, in your family, in your work. When we pay attention to our emotions and we, we get someone to help us with that and we pray through those feelings like the psalmist shows us, it opens up new sources of, of insight and energy and relational engagement that help us be way, way more effective in however we're serving God. Whatever we're doing to use our gifts to serve God, if we combine it with greater self-awareness and empathy for others, it's, it's like rocket fuel for, for uh, fruitfulness for God's kingdom. And that's really important, Bill, because what you're saying there, we, we do need to say is corrective, is that emotions make great servants under our master our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. But if emotions become our master, then that's a problem. That's the opposite problem. Yeah. And that's why some people do think that they need to, that self-denial means negating their feelings because they know they don't want to be controlled by emotion. Because mm -hmm. obviously if we're, uh, that would be addiction when we're controlled mm -hmm. by emotion, yeah. we just feel like we want something and we do it. But even in that case, it's based on a, a lot of self-denial and self-negation. That's part of why, because <laughs> it's like the emotion, the need, right. the, the desire uh, for, for comfort, for, for intimacy, for stimulation is like so unconscious and yeah. so buried down there that we're turning to some substance or some activity to feel, to feel alive. And so or even, the opposite, trying to numb the feeling with the use of a substance because we don't want to feel it. Yeah, exactly. And so that's the point that when we bring those needs and those feelings into relationship that helps us not not act it out in addiction mm -hmm. but talk it out process through it bring it into relationship and then now we're, we're harnessing the, the the wisdom and power and relationality of emotion in our life in our relationships and our leadership so that other people can can benefit jesus how grateful we are to you that you are the one that knows our inmost thoughts and feelings and that you have perfect empathy for us. And Lord, we just ask and pray that you would continue to guide us to bring both our thoughts and our emotions before you in honesty and confidence of your love to receive your empathy and to receive it from ambassadors of you who can listen with empathy to us as well. And that we then also might be ambassadors of you, giving your loving empathy to others. And then that we would use this emotion, this gift of emotion that you've given us and thinking in your service for your glory, Jesus. Amen. We've created the Lectio Divina Prayer Guides 
to help you grow in your ability to hear God's voice through Scripture. God can use the gift of our imagination to bring deep revelation into His Word, His character, and His love for us. Our Ignatian Meditation Guides will help you go deeper with Jesus. One of my favorite things about Your Best Life in Jesus' Easy Yoke is that it was an opportunity for me to integrate Christ-centered psychology and biblical spirituality. And so I just hope you'll get a copy of this because it's going to really help you with whatever stressors you're dealing with in your life or your ministry and how to do that in the context of your intimacy with Jesus. Thank you for joining us on the Soul Talks podcast. For these resources and more, follow the links in the episode notes or visit us at soulshepherding.org.